Hello there. Last episode, we talked about recovery and recrystallization mechanisms. But today, in this fourth part, we are going to focus on texture. For example, we find texture on walls, on the floor, on papers, but they can be soft or not, but they exist. But in materials, we also have textures, sometimes like the ones I mentioned, but from a material point of view, is kind of different and is about what we are going to discuss today. I would like to thank you all. It's been a really nice journey doing this podcast, doing this episodes. So I'd like to invite you to, to like this episode and follow us on your favorite platform. Don't forget to, to follow the podcast, the A Material Point of View on Instagram. If you want to ask me something or ask about any other episode, send me a DM on Instagram. By the way, my name is Vinny and I am a materials engineer. So the textures I want to talk about are the ones we find on grams. And we know that polycrystalline materials have many grams and if they are produced through regular certification, I mean the metal is melted and freezed into a cavity, its grains are going to be randomly space oriented. So notice that I'm not focusing on the size, on their size, because it depends on the given time and temperature. So if we change one of them, uh, we, we can increase the size of the grains. And if we imagine uh, that we have this perfect, I would say perfect because it's randomly space oriented, the grains. So if we have this perfect material and perform the cold rolling process, we have a metal sheet and it is passed through as many times as we needed. And suppose that the material is uh, the material is at room temperature, it's not going to be recrystallized as we discussed in the last episode. So the material is going to be deformed, like highly deformed, and so the grains, which means that if we took a sample from, from this sheet, we are going to see the grains oriented in the same direction that the rolling process happens. And if we, we think about mechanical properties, it's also influenced. Because as I said in many other episodes, uh, properties depends on the microstructure, depends on the composition, depends on the, the, the four concepts I've, I've taught you in the beginning of this, this podcast. So if we have grains oriented in a specific direction, its properties are going to be different. Because each grain is a stacking of atoms layers and if they are oriented differently between them, each gram will be a monocrystal and with if we think that we are now orienting them into one specific direction, its mechanical properties are going to be different in another direction. So it causes the anisotropy, but it can be good, it can be bad, it depends on what you are going to do with your material. So for example, for stamping, to produce a bottle, 
it can be good because as we have a sheet of metal oriented when the material is stamped into the shape of a bottle its its it walls are going to be stronger than if we do the if we perform the same thing with another sheet that is not oriented that doesn't have texture so texture means that we have grains oriented into a specific direction orientation they have a specific orientation but sometimes there are some some things that we have to discuss because it might make you misunderstand so sometimes uh, we do not have textures and if we have long grains it doesn't signify that there is texture and we can do determine the, the, the process the conformation process that has been used just by cutting off the material and analyzing its uh, its microstructure so by the texture we can determine the conformation process the texturization can be controlled by the steps of mechanical conformation so each point during the process to conform to conform the material to change its shape to to process it it influences how the texturization is going to be for example rolling is one extrusion is another one drawing is another one so we do have different textures because of each process and some materials that have different tension and deformation gradients they might have different textures it changes a lot so depending on the way that the tension are distributed into the material they are going to change how the material is deformed and how the grains are deformed so we are going to change the texture which means that it is based on the symmetry of deformations so if we change the symmetry of deformation the distribution of deformation and tensions are going to be irregular and we can also do this we can also perform this asymmetrical deformation by introducing precipitates into the matrix but the geometry of the material that is being worked doesn't influence the texturization for example the ingot produced by extrusion does have texture but the one that is radial forged doesn't have but both are ingots right as I said the mechanical properties are affected by the texture because they are anisotropic but inclusions cracks oriented grand boundaries also influence the texturization so as I mentioned the the, the rolling texture compression texture uh, extrusion texture they all all of them have different textures so they have plans and direction specific direction that that it can be performed so it's not that easy to explain to you and say what is happening or say it's just this one is just uh, this system that is going to have the, the the texturing because it's also it also also depends on the composition the the microstructure or in, in this case the crystalline structure if it is FCC BCC HCP and whatever but the last thing I, I want to talk to you is about the influence of an of the needling and the texturing so the texturization 
through recrystallization is, I would say, is, is not more important, but is is more pronounced than the the texture after the, the deformation. I mean, for example, in the in the case of the cold rolling, we can eliminate texture because of the, the annealing. If we have the, if we have the material textured, and we we want to eliminate the texture, we just have to annealing this, which means that the material is going to be recrystallized. Don't forget that when we produce the texture, we are putting we are increasing the deformation, we are increasing these locations into the, the into the material, and as we do the the, the annealing. These locations can be reorganized into into the the deformed grains during the, the recovery stage, which can which can leads to to previous texture. It also produces the recrystallization of the primary deformed grains, which also can happen the the grain growth. In this case of the the grain growth of the recrystallized grains, it also but it's, it's, it's nice to, to be mentioned again the, that the quantity of texturing, of recrystallization texturing, depends on the material and its annealing conditions, chemical uh, composition, uh, thermal history, I mean, the time and temperature that the process has been performed, the atmosphere, and the, the annealing process and the last but not least the previous grain size because it's different when we perform a texturing in a material that has a big grain then we perform the same process of texturing with a material with a small grain so the last thing that I want to talk to you is about the annealing texture development so uh, the annealing texturing can be done by two mechanisms due to the the, the the presence of oriented cores into the metal that are created uh, from deformed subgrams and those subgrams are found on spots wherein the growth in uh, driving force is high and the second one is due to the specific crystallography directions that are more favorable for uh, the texturing. I hope you have enjoyed. Thanks for listening. See you in the next episode. <laughs>